You're listening to Women Making Waves. We're really fortunate in that we've had lots of women who are involved with STEM on this programme and this next interview is no exception. Dame Janet Thornton works in bioinformatics. Is that something that you're very well versed in, uh, Susie? Oh, that's very harsh, Linda. (laughs) Would you like to know what that means? I would very much. Well, I should know, shouldn't I? We were doing the interview, but yes, go on, you tell us. (laughs) Well, it's um, an interdisciplinary field and it's combining biology, computer science, information engineering, mathematics and statistics and that uh, it works together to analyse and interpret biological data. And uh, an interview was carried out with Dame Janet Thornton by our contributor Jan Moore. I am just a scientist, a researcher leading a, a small research group. There are now definitely more younger women coming into science happily. I think it's perfectly possible to work part-time and to remain competitive. I think at any one time these scales work-life balance are rarely balanced. I've been part of the Scientific Council of the European Research Council for the last four years Mm -hmm. but from January I became Vice President for the Life Sciences. I recently visited the Wellcome Genome Campus at Hinkston, just outside Cambridge, where I spoke to Professor Dame Janet Thornton, Director Emeritus of the European Bioinformatics Institute. I began by asking her if she thought that the balance of women to men in science had changed over her career. I think it probably has changed. There are now definitely more younger women coming into science happily, So now, certainly at the undergraduate level, it's about 50-50. I did my undergraduate in physics, and then it was 10% of us were women, so Mm. it was much smaller. But where it still remains quite difficult in science, which is quite competitive as a researcher, women often start off doing their PhD and then become postdocs, but actually moving to the PI level and moving up within the structure is still quite challenging, in part because of the time needed to devote to one's career at a point when most families have small children. Mm. And the inevitably, in some ways, the majority of the burden for that falls onto women at the time when they do need to be thinking about their careers. Mm. So really we still haven't changed that a huge amount even well, though it there is, are... It is changing but yes. it will take time Yes, and it, it is quite difficult to ensure that the structures in an organisation are such that it is possible and easy for women to maintain their scientific activity. So you'd say that there are women who are really interested in going into the world of science and and scientific research, but we're still not making it an easy place for them to be in terms of this work-life balance with with their families and being able to really move through the system and and to take on the big work. I I worked part-time when my children were little for 14 years, which is very unusual, I now discover at the time. 
I just really got on with it. But it is very unusual. Mm. And to the extent that it rarely happens in world-class institutions, Mm. I think it's perfectly possible to work part-time and to remain competitive. And I just don't think our structures are really geared around making that easy. So that's the work that needs to be done if we want to maintain very good women scientists. And Yes, and to balance out at the higher levels. Yes, yes. Yes. So what's your current role here at EBI? So now within EBI, I am just a scientist, a researcher leading a, a small research group. Right which has always been the part of my job, if you like, that I've enjoyed the the most, and which is what I wanted to do when I stepped down as director, just to return to the science. Perhaps what I had not realised was how many external things I would be asked to do, which are very, very interesting, but take a lot of time. Mm. So in my current job, I only officially work three days a week now, but (laughs) I have to say... This week it's four days, often it's five days a week. So, But, but it remains extremely interesting and extremely challenging. Mm. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound when you're talking about it as if you do. I've got here that you're shared vice president of the European Research Council's governing body, and that's a relatively new post for you. So, in fact, I've been part of the Scientific Council of the European Research Council for the last four years. Mm -hmm. But from January, I became vice president for the life sciences. So the European Research Council is rather unusual in that it funds not just life sciences, not just the physical and engineering sciences, but also humanities and social science. Oh, goodness. It's very So broad. this is a very broad organisation, and the council is made up of people from all of those domains. The funding is very large, and we at the moment have about 7,000 grants being funded. Right. It's bottom-up, which means that the proposals come from the researchers. They propose what they want to do. It's really mainly individual grants for very good scientists who show great promise. There is a bias, bias, perhaps not the right word, but there is a structure whereby there are starting grants for very young researchers, then consolidator grants for middle researchers, and then advanced grants for people who, for whom it's been more than 12 years since they got their PhD degree. Mm-hmm. And so with the structure, what it means is that we actually spend two-thirds of our funding on the younger researchers and only a third on the advanced researchers. And that is quite unusual mm. in funding science worldwide. And it's great because it really does encourage the younger people and it allows them to, it kick-starts their careers. So it's a very interesting thing to be part of. 
Yes, gosh. So it means that you're you're in this wonderful balance now of actually still doing your science. Yes. But also being able to support the work of other scientists. Absolutely. Through yes. this through this yes. organisation. Yes. It is very interesting. Yes. Though it's having just spent a week in Brussels, it's not it's non-trivial workload. <laughs> no, these things never are. So you're three days a week, as you say, is um, stretched. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's a very a new thing for you. But I should also say, if you want new things, I chair the board of the Earlham Institute, which is just oh, up in Norwich. Yes. But I'm also on the board of the Natural History Museum in London. Oh, how fascinating. Which is fascinating. Yes. And that's been a real pleasure just to visit the yes. Natural History Museum <laughs> regularly has been uh, um, a real pleasure. Yes, goodness me. Well, that's an incredibly full life. So how on earth do you manage to balance all of those roles? Badly. <laughs> that's the answer. Um, it, it is really a challenge. Yes. And I want my husband retired, so I want to be at home yes. slightly more. Though he he would argue that I achieved that goal, but <laughs> but nevertheless, that's what I would like to do. Mm. But I decided to stop being full-time so that I had the opportunity to be at home when I really wanted to. Yes. And my daughter's just had a new baby, oh, so that's a, also special. Yes, absolutely. Gosh. So it is a real balancing act, isn't it, between these sort of corporate roles that you have and your science and, and, and the home. family and home. That's right. Yes. But it's the same for everybody. Absolutely I think we all true. balance things. Yes. All balance things. And I think at any one time... These scales, work-life balance, are rarely balanced. But over the year or over the years, one tries to balance them out as yes. best one can. Absolutely, yes, absolutely true. Gosh, that's fascinating. So in 2012, it was a big moment because in the New Year's Honours, you became Dame. Yes, <laughs> indeed, which was very nice, I yes. have to say. And it's quite special. It's rather unusual globally to have these honours, mm. which everybody in the UK, regardless of their job or what they do, they understand, well, they don't understand how it happens because I don't understand <laughs> still, but they do appreciate these, these honours yes. and they are at some level understood by people who aren't scientists, for example, as yes. much as people who are scientists. Yes, and I, you I know right. that... It's because you made a contribution. And so it's really rather nice for one's friends and family. Yes. And, of course, going to Buckingham Palace or Windsor Castle is very nice. It's a very nice day out, if you like, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is pleasant. Yes. But I think, as you say, in, the, in this country, we, we understand the value of it because we know it's been for, a, you know, a, a life of achievement. A, a lifetime's and, contribution, And, and also the people with whom you've worked also know that it's, you know... It is, and for that. the Institute. And for, yes, You know, it was, it was for bioinformatics, which, of course... When I started, there wasn't such a word, <laughs> and there was, certainly wasn't such a discipline. And so contributions to this, in some way, was an honour for me, but it was very much an honour for yes. the people who I've worked with over many years and also for the 
institute yes, here. Yes, it's, it's major recognition, isn't it? it? It's very nice. Wonderful. I have to say, it's very nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And we're going to leave you to go back to dealing with your mountains of paperwork. <laughs> you scattered around the office. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank shall you. think about you when I, when I drive regularly past here about the extraordinary work that's going on. And, and again, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and uh, letting us have a little peek behind the, the walls here and seeing what you're doing. Thank you. It's wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. And that was Dame Janet Maureen Thornton talking to our contributor, Jan Moore. You're listening to Women Making Waves.